Hey, Surf Scale Soar. I'm so excited today because I have a special guest on here, Kira Hug, and she's talking all about adding your brand personality to your business. And I was a little skeptical at the beginning, but I love how she lays out how we can add our brand personality into our proposals, our discovery calls, our website. This is not going to be one you want to miss. So let's jump on in. Welcome to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Hey, 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 Surf Sale Store family. I am so excited to have y'all on here today. And I am chatting with Kara Hug, and she is all about copywriting. And we were chatting before this, and she's in Virginia, DC area, and I'm a Virginia native. So I love connecting with other Virginians. And Kara, tell us a little bit more about yourself. All right. Well, thank you for having me here. I'm excited to geek out on copy with you. Um, so a little bit more about me. I am in DC. We just moved here a year ago from Brooklyn. Um, and <laughs> I have a young family like you. I have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old, and which is also the reason I went into my own business too back five years ago. And so I started out as a copywriter and really kind of honed it on personality-driven copywriting, conversion copywriting. And as I was growing my micro-agency and figuring out the copywriting business and working with clients one-on-one, I also started another business called The Copywriter Club with a business partner where we have a podcast and talk about copywriting and business. And we've built out a training and community model business over there. So over the last five years, I've been kind of juggling both businesses and a young family and like four moves. We moved four times in there too. So it feels good at this point to just kind of be here, to have the businesses built, to just make them better and kind of uh, do better work, but not necessarily to be in a, a building mode right now. And other than that, I just also want to share that I got a new kitty. And I feel like that's, it's worth talking about because it's COVID time and I have found that the kitty kind of solves all the COVID woes and like all all the like downer moments with COVID. It's like the kitty fixes all of that right now for us. This is so funny because my husband and I, our fix for COVID has been Netflix. We never had Netflix (laughs) before COVID. Like we would get it for Ozark and then cancel. And so we were never that. Oh, you were strategic about it. Yeah. So like we always canceled and then we'd bring it back for Ozark. And that's all we ever did because we like cable. Like we like to flip the channels. But now cable shows aren't like filming. So we can't. So we've like deep dived into Netflix. And now I can see it's a very dangerous place to be. It's very dangerous. Uh, yeah. So super funny that you have a Kenan and we have Netflix. So and we have both and we also have Netflix. I will not get rid of Netflix. Um, and I love that you watch Ozark because I love that show. But yeah, I think Netflix, like kitties, ice cream, like that all kind of helps with uh, the whole COVID situation. Oh, we're so going on a tangent, but I have to say this. We saw a stat, and I don't know if anyone knows this, but since COVID, 
deodorant sales have dropped dramatically and ice cream sales have skyrocketed. So it's funny that you said ice cream. And I'm like, but even if you still work from home, I mean, I worked for a home before COVID. So I like still put on deodorant every day. And I'm like, why are people not putting on deodorant? I definitely stopped wearing deodorant for a while. Like at the beginning, I was just like, I just stopped and like stopped buying it. And then did eventually get back on the bandwagon. So, but yeah, decreased, even though I was working from home before, it does not make any sense. Like my life has not dramatically changed. We work from home. I still work from home. So why am I wearing less deodorant? Oh my gosh, this is too funny. Less social outings though. So, yeah, but. I live in Florida. We have to wear deodorant. <laughs> so we have to wear lots <laughs> That's of deodorant. true. Yeah. So, okay. So now that we've talked about COVID and all the fun things that have kept us distracted, let's yes. talk about brand personality and what exactly is a brand personality? Yes. Great question. So when I'm thinking about a brand personality, I'm thinking about your voice, um, what you sound like, what your style, your tone. I'm also thinking about your values and that's more about like who you are as a human and face of your brand, um, what messages you're sharing, what you're really obsessed with, what you care about, what you're passionate about, what you don't care about. And then I'm also thinking about your advantage in the marketplace, which is also reflected in your brand personality. As far as like what you do differently, what's your X factor and what problem you're solving in the marketplace. And so I kind of bundle up all three, your voice, your values, and then your advantage into the brand personality to kind of get a full, a full multidimensional look at how you're showing up in your copywriting specifically. But of course, it could show up in other ways in customer experiences and your imagery and in other areas. But I typically focus on the copy and marketing strategy side of it. Okay. So is this only applicable to like course creators and specifically like copywriters that are providing that service? Or is this something that like a VA, a Pinterest manager, like someone who's not in the marketing space per se, like, do they need to have one of these? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Every, just like every human has a personality, every brand has a personality. And so You either can define it for yourself and be intentional about it, or if you don't, it'll actually be created for you by inaction or just by the marketplace or by your clients and customers um, who kind of will determine what that brand personality is for you, which could go either way, right? That could be good or bad for you. But every business has it. And when you're aware of it and you're strategic about sharing it, it can help you connect with the right clients and build trust faster and land bigger, better projects and ultimately grow your business. Okay. So I know my listeners just heard you say that it's going to help you land clients faster. And that's like, I know that like everyone just stopped what they were doing and they wanted to know like, how is this going to help us land clients faster? Like how do we get one of these so we can start attracting those ideal clients? Right. Okay. So Um, We can talk through, you know, exercises to help you figure out your brand personality, because typically when I work with clients and talk to business owners about brand personality, they tend to think that it has to be this big personality, right? They're like, okay, brand personality means you're, you're loud or like more of like a cheerleader and more rah-rah or more quirky or weird or in your face. And so it's 
actually not that. Like that is a personality and that could match you, which is great. Like own that. But there's so many other personality types. Again, just like there's so many different types of people and humans in this world with different personalities. So um, I think the struggle always starts with like, I don't know how to define mine. It's really hard for me to figure it out. Like, I don't know what it is. um, So I don't know where to start. So I know we can talk through that. But before that, when we're thinking about why it's important, it goes back to market sophistication in your marketplace. And so um, there are different levels of market sophistication, which is basically like the awareness level of the market and how well they know you and your products and your services and how many competitors are in the space with you. So most likely if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably, I think it's safe to say you're probably in a crowded marketplace and you have a lot of competition as many of us service providers do in this online marketing space. And so if you're in a crowded market space, the big claims and promises that we used to make around like helping people make more money or grow their list or get more visibility. Like that's not working anymore because it's all been said and done previously. So at this point, your if your your audience is starting to tune that out and it's nothing personal, it's just they've heard it before and it's not grabbing their attention anymore. And so once it's too crowded in the marketplace, the messages that connect and the brands that connect are ones that help their audience and prospects identify with their brand. So it's all about the identification. And what that means is it's the desire of your prospect to act out certain roles in their life through your brand, through your brand messaging, through the brand imagery, through your brand, the copy that you create. And so ultimately it's like, what makes you weird? They kind of see their own weird and what makes them unique in your brand. And it may not be the full picture, but it may see something that they want in their business or in their personal life um, or an emotion that you trigger for them and they see it in you. And so that's what's working today. Like that's why you may see more uh, successful people in the space are fully showing up and sharing their personality and not hiding behind who they are today. That's what's working. And at this point, uh, that's kind of the way we have to market today if you're in that crowded marketing space. Um, And the way to allow people to identify with you is to fully share your brand personality. Like Ozark, integrating the fact that you love Ozark, that should be showing up somewhere in your marketing, right? Because that pulls me in because I can relate to that. Pop culture references work. Um, The fact that we're talking about deodorant, like little things like that, that are part of your everyday conversation and may reflect something about you, right? The fact that you wear it because you live in Florida. I don't wear it all the time because I'm in DC and I'm a bum. Um, But like those little details start to create you as a multifaceted human and brand. And that's what allows people to connect with you, identify with you, build trust, ultimately buy from you because they have built that connection that other um, people in your space aren't building. 
Okay. I love this. And I think that this is so helpful. And so can you take us through how we actually figure out how to create ours? Cause I know one of my thing is I've always said, I'm such a boring person. Like I don't have, like you were talking about, like, I'm not some, like, I like to sit at home and watch Ozark. Like there's nothing really fun about me except I say y'all. So other than that, like, how do I come up with something that people actually like can connect with? Yes. And that's such a great question because we all, I don't know, I haven't met too many people who think that they're not boring. (laughs) So maybe I'm just, those are the people who I, like, we all think we're boring, but it doesn't matter if you feel like you're boring. There's, uh, first of all, you're not. And there are also those details that make you relatable. Like even the fact that you think you're boring makes you relatable to your audience because it's a human, it's like innate in all of us to feel that way. So um, we can kind of run through this brand living room framework that I've created. It's just a fun visualization um, that will help you. It'll give you the foundation you need if you're staring at a blank page, right? If you're like trying to write copy for my own business, I want to share my personality, but I have no idea what to, where to start this visualization could just help trigger some creative ideas. So we can run through a couple of steps of this together. And um, as you're listening, you can just kind of like jot down any ideas that stand out. The more specific you can get with ideas and concepts, the better, because that could show up in copy. It could show up in a subject line. It could show up in a headline, or it could just be a component that shows up as like a visual element on your website. So if it's cool with you, we can run through it and I can ask you some of the questions Yeah, and um, we can play through. Okay. So the first step is really about you in this figurative living room. So your brand has a living room. You personally have a living room. We're going to focus on your brand living room. And this could be reflect what your actual living room looks like. If you feel like your actual living room reflects who you are and reflects your brand. Most of us, you know, it might not match because it's not exactly where we want it to be. So just start from scratch with a blank, you know, living room that's empty. So I want you to start to focus on you in your living room. How are you showing up? Like, let's say that you're hosting a get together in this living room. If you're more of an extrovert or more social, maybe you want to have a party. So you have a bunch of people in your living room. If that sounds awful, then maybe like shrink it down and you have a couple people over. So I would first want to start and ask my client, like, how are you moving through that room? What is your energy level like? Are you more low key? Are you dancing? Are you having like wild uh, movements and really animated as you're talking to people? What does that look like? And if you're struggling to figure that out, just think about how you normally show up in real life when you're hosting people at your house. So go back to like what actually the way that you actually move through the world and your living room space to start to figure out these details that could show up in your copywriting and show up in your messaging and your voice. So um, what does that look like? And for you, what does that look like um, as you're thinking about your living room? What are like, how would you move through your own living room? Yeah. So this is great because we just had my mastermind over not too long ago. So we had, I like a midsize. I love hosting. I love having like a midsize group, but in that I'm always there having individual, very intimate conversations. So I move around the room a lot, but it's at a slower pace and I'm giving each person very individual attention, conversation. They're very intimate. It's not with the group as a whole. Casual, definitely low-key, like 
barbecue, drinking out of solo cups, not wine glasses. Okay. I okay. I love that you're getting into those details too, because that's another question I'd want to ask. Is like, what are people eating, drinking? So the fact that for you it's more intimate, slower pace, more casual um, would start to change the way that I would write the copy. Right. So maybe for you it wouldn't necessarily be like anything that's too in your face, too um, radical, or maybe even too shocking. So that would affect the type of, maybe you wouldn't use all caps ever, and you wouldn't use a lot of exclamations or um, anything that feels too jarring. It might be a little bit more subdued and like feel really intimate. And maybe you would also personalize your emails a little bit more than normal because you do have that one-on-one intimacy with the people in your space. And so how could you reflect that? through your copy on your website or through your email copy and pull that intimate feel into your copy. But I think here's the thing though, that's interesting is like, I love to write in all caps and I do a lot of explanation. It's like, I like the intimate, but I'm also that person that will sneak in like the dirty joke that makes everyone laugh. Okay. Okay. So, um, I do, I like that. I like to go against the grain, but I still, I think it's a, like, I love building relationships with people. Okay. So that's a really important detail though, because you can have like an intimate vibe. And then it sounds like there's this element of surprise of like, maybe it's slightly contrarian, slightly, like you said, maybe it is slightly more provocative or shocking or just really fun. And so that should definitely be reflected in what you're showing up and sharing. And maybe it's just in parentheses as like an aside comment that feels like the real you, the same way that you might say a joke Um, like whisper a joke to a friend in a room, I would definitely want to capture that because that's part of your brand personality. So that's a really fun detail. And then we can talk about kind of some fun components too, like talking about your voice. So we talked a little bit about that, but capturing your voice too, like how do you actually talk? What does it sound like? Again, is it like louder, uh, softer, more joking or more sarcastic? Um, What is that tone? And then I also want to start to pull in other elements like details of the space that you're in. So I want to know what you're serving. So the fact that you mentioned like solo cups, like that's really important detail. And that may show up in an email or a subject line. And even like the splash of a red cup, that might be a splash color you can use at some point too. And so details about like, what are you serving? What are people eating? What are they listening to? Like, what is playing? Is there music? Is it raining outside? So little details like that can start to create this environment that could also trigger ideas to help you start to to write or have a stronger picture of what this looks like. You can go as deep into this as you want, right? Like we could start talking about the actual room and the furniture and the floors. And so, well, I'd love to know too, like what is the space look like? So we know what you, what you're doing, but what's actually, what is the space and interior look like in this room? Yeah. So super cozy couches, you know, like rugs, plants, very like welcoming. It's not like, Oh, you can't sit there. It's like, yeah, take your food to the couch. Like let's like get comfy. If you want to go outside and stand by the grill, like that's totally fine. Like very low key chill vibe. Okay. So I love it. So even those little phrases, words and phrases could come into the copy, right? It feels very inviting. So that could show up in a welcome series too, especially for people who don't know you as well. It could be exactly what you said, like 
take your food to the couch. Take your food to the couch. Let's meet over there after you grab your food at the grill. And so I kind of already, by you saying that in your copy, I already feel welcome. And it's not like, it's not a living room where you can only drink clear liquids and you can only eat small hors d'oeuvres. Like it feels very welcoming and inviting. And so I would want to capture that too. So those are little details that you can start to focus on. And then outside of that, we can start to think about step two of this, which is really about your guests. So like thinking about your guests at the living room, at this party, this is your audience. So this is where you can start to think about your level of awareness. And so the way to talk through this you know, it's, it's the five levels of awareness. And that's basically like, how well does your audience know about you and know your products that you're selling, your services that you're selling? And so I like to think of this again, in terms of the living room. So if you're thinking about the people here um, and thinking about how well they know you and your services, are they most aware? And if they're most aware, this means that they're in the living room They're talking to everyone else, all your other guests and telling everyone how awesome you are. They're raving about your services. They're talking about how you're the best social media manager or the best copywriter. And they're kind of doing the work for you. And that means they're most aware. They're your super fans. Of course, we know that not everyone's a super fan. So the next level is your product aware audience members, right? And so these are the guests who are next to you and they're talking to you, but they have questions. Like they have questions about your services. They know your service and your signature package, but they haven't bought it yet. And so they're also familiar with your competitors and they're just not sure if what you have to offer is best for them. So those are your product aware guests and audience members. So you can think about like how many people in your audience currently on your list are fitting into that category and um, may need some more information. And then the next category is solution aware. So these are the people in your living room who showed up to the party because they heard someone could help them at this living room party, but they just haven't met you yet. So these are your audience members who are solution aware and they know that solutions and services like yours exist out there in the world but they don't know that you're the person who's created it, that yours is the best service for them. So they're just kind of showing up and they're like, hey, (laughs) what what do you have for me? Um, Do you have the right service? Because I know I need a service. I would say those are like the people, and correct me if I'm wrong, that are posting in Facebook groups job op. They know they need someone to hire, but they don't know who they're going to hire. And then the one before that would have been like the, when you're getting on a discovery call, they've been doing all these discovery calls. They know that there's other competition out there and they're trying to feel if you're the right one for them. Exactly. Yeah. And so working through this, it's really helpful for you as the business owner and the service provider to have a firm understanding of where most of your audience members are currently living. And again, this like just helps me to visualize it in the living room space, but I want to know if they're aware of the service or they just know that they need the service. And then of course, like we typically hear about problem aware, that's usually the most popular bucket when it comes to levels of awareness, because people know when they have a problem. So these might be the guests that are at your house in your living room 
and are there solely because they have a problem and they were told that if they had the problem, it could be fixed at your, in your living room. And so they're the people who are on your list and like you could start to agitate the pain points because they're aware of the pain points. They just don't know that there's a service and a solution that could help them. So again, that's like a very big category. And in a lot of copy, we speak to those audience members and those guest members in the living room. And then the last bucket for awareness is unaware. And we all, you know, we're all aware of what those audience members look like. They are outside of your living room party. You could just picture them like outside your house. They are walking by. They don't realize they have a problem. They have no idea. Maybe they're like listening to music, just walking by in their own bubble. And they have no idea that you exist. They have no idea that services like yours exist and they have no idea that they have a problem. Those are the five categories that we talk about frequently. You probably have heard about all five of them, but when you're in working within this living room framework, I would just challenge you to start thinking about where most of your audience fits in. And especially when you're selling and you're creating your own copy, you want to know which bucket they're in so that you can speak to them based off where they are where they are, because the way that you would talk to someone who's your brand ambassador and loves your service is going to be very different than the way you talk to that person who's walking by your house and has no idea that they have a problem. You're probably going to like shout them down and like wave them down and be like, don't you know that something's wrong here? (laughs) And so being aware of which category and then making sure that you're speaking to them based on where they are is the next step as you're thinking through your brand living room framework. Perfect. I love this. And I would say that most of my listeners are in that the problem aware, like people are searching out their services. They know there's a problem. And that's where most of, I would say the audience that listens to this podcast, where their people are at. Yep. And that's a great place to start. And I would say like most copy in our space is starting there and just like agitating pain points. So Um, The best way to work on your copy in that space is to start figuring out the exact pain points that are most pressing so you can start to talk about that and grab attention that way before talking about your solution and before talking about how awesome you are. Start with the problem. Oh, I love that. So I'm reading your world-class assistant right now with Michael Hyatt, and I was reading through this book, and I was like, oh my gosh, all the service like executive assistants need to read this because he's laying out every problem that like their ideal client is struggling with. Like they're overwhelmed in the calendar. And then he also goes like, they don't realize like this book's pretty much moving them through. It's not for service providers. It's for the person hiring, but I'm like, Oh my gosh, all your like copy, your social media post, everything is in this book because he's already done the research for you. So when it comes to like doing a Facebook live or Instagram post or sending out an email, is that the type of thing that we should be addressing? Like, Hey, you're overwhelmed with your calendar. Here's some ways like helpful tips is so, is that how that falls into play? Yeah. It could fall into play with like content, like you're sharing, definitely leading up to any type of sale, whether you're launching a new service or just promoting your current service or launching some other product. Um, like the pre-launch content would focus on hitting on those pain points and starting to educate as well. Because if your audience doesn't know that there's a solution and there's a service, you there's some education needed 
before you sell your unique service. So first you want to make sure they're really clear about their problem and then they can connect the dots between their problem and then services that solve that problem. And then from there, like once you start to kind of hit more of the sales mode, that's when you want to start talking about why your service is the best service so that they understand and they are ready and they're eager and educated and ready to make the right decision. I love this. Okay. So now that we know how to kind of like go through the framework, how does this show up for service providers? Because most of my audience doesn't have an email list or if they do, it's very small or it's not their ideal. So how can we use our brand personality working with clients? Yeah. So I would say the first place to start is on your website. So especially if, yeah, if you're not emailing your list necessarily, you're not focused on that. It's your website so that you can attract the right clients. And so when you meet them or there's a referral, which, you know, referrals are great that when the right client lands on your website, your brand personality is shining through. And again, going back to what we were talking about earlier so that they can identify with your brand personality and feel that connection which will help set you apart and give you an advantage over your competition, right? Especially if they're shopping around, um, you don't want to show up as a commodity. You want to show up and build that relationship. So they're like, oh my gosh, Ozark? Like, yes, I want to talk about Ozark and deodorant with you. Or they have strong feelings either way, right? It doesn't have to be that they love Ozark, but they get to see you and have a better idea of who you are, which kind of just like crystallizes who you are so that the next step is to get on a call with you and actually meet you. And they feel like they already know you. So any details you could pull in, even from, you know, these basic like steps that we talked through today, any of those visuals, any of those details, specific details that you can pull into your copy, uh, whether you're DIYing it or working with a copywriter, like the more specific you can get with these references and the language that you're using. Again, going back to the language you said, like, take your food over to the couch. Like I'll meet you, take your food to the couch. I'll meet you there. That could be copy that you pull on into your about page to make it feel inviting and warm. Part of it is like capturing the words and phrases that you're using too. And maybe even doing this exercise through audio and just recording what you're saying to start to pull in that copy into your website. I love that. And so, okay, we get our website besides just a website. How can we really use this in other forms? So like proposals and think like even a message that we send someone in a Facebook message to be like, Hey, I saw you have a job up. I'd love like to jump on a discovery call with you. Is this something that we can infuse in there as well? Totally. Yeah. So definitely with any type of pitch connecting on that personal level is so important in doing your research before pitching anyone. It's a little bit different in that sense that It's not starting with you and kind of like, here's my personality. I want to attract you. But if you're choosing particular clients that you want to reach out to because they're dream clients or you know it's like you can help them, then I would start with them and start to actually go through and understand more about their brand personality. So you can start to pick little details of that that pull you in and relate to you and something that you may feel inspired by or you have in common or um, just speaks to you. So in that sense, I would start with them and sort of pull that information and make that connection and say like, oh, like you, you also share the similar value. 
here's like, here's what it means to me. And then you kind of have this entryway in so that you can say, also, like I have this, this service that I know could be a really good fit for you, but you've already warmed them up because you've done your homework and built that connection through their brand personality. So it's like, it's almost reversed in that respect, but it could still work well. Proposals. I know we were talking about proposals before we started recording. Proposals are such a great way to stand out. And like the time for (laughs) the day of proposals being boring and like Word documents, it's just over for service providers. So now there are enough platforms and uh, programs we can use to create highly visual really interactive proposals that allow you to show up and to showcase your brand personality, not only through imagery, but through the copy and through treating your proposal almost more like a sales page and um, making sure that you're focusing on the prospect and like being really clear about how you can solve their problem. But you're also like, you're also integrating pieces of you throughout through your tone, through your voice, through little details that you share about your process and your story so that you're creating that connection through the proposal. So I see proposals as like a sales page that you want to help build that relationship, but also be really clear about the problem that you're going to solve. And I know that you've had experience too receiving those like personality-driven proposals and they just stand out. Like you can't even compare them to just like the average ones that are just more like about objectives and goals and a little bit more dry today. I have probably always sent dry proposals. It's just, it's what I've done. And so, um, but I received two proposals and they were so fantastic because they were full of personality. I don't even remember. I hired both of them. And I remember one, um, my copywriter, Brittany McBean, and we were talking and it was so funny because in her proposal, it says like, I don't have a cool logo or something like that. It was like, because I have crappy initials. Because it's BM. Those are my initials. And I was like, that's why we don't have those initials on anything. And it was just something like you were talking about that connected us. And then um, Erica's was so full of like, she has a whole like cocktail type theme. And it was just so much personality. But she incorporated, both of them incorporated their personality with like my brand. And it was so well done. It felt so like unique and really helped stand out from all the boring ones. So it definitely changed my opinion on proposals. Proposals are so fun. And I think it's the best way and the best investment if you can make an investment and that could be your own time, like DIYing it and rewriting or reworking your own proposals or hiring someone to help with that. I think that's your best investment. And if you can like infuse any copy with personality, start there and then, and then go to the website. So I guess I'm changing what I said earlier, but like start with the proposal and then work on the website. Um, but that's the copy you can best leverage to close more projects. So start there. Yeah, I definitely agree. So, um, I would start with the proposal as well because I didn't even, I don't even think I looked at either one of their websites. It was like the proposal just hooked me and I've never read a full proposal. Like I just want to see the price. Like I don't care about all the other stuff, but these like hooked me and I was like reading it and I don't read welcome packets. I read the whole thing, even from the proposal to the whole onboarding experience was an experience. It was a fun experience to go through. And I definitely think that that set them apart. 
Yeah, definitely. So revisit your proposal. It's never too late. I constantly am tweaking mine and updating it and there's always room for improvement. So just figure out like one thing, one change you could make to add a little bit of personality, even if it's just the headline, that's progress and that could help. I love this and I love actionable steps. And I think this gave my listeners an actionable step that they can go and just change the headline on your proposal or just like go and give your proposal a little bit more like your brand personality as you've talked through going through the living room framework that we went through. And so I just love this so much. I think it definitely gives my listeners something different to think about and it's so unique. And so I so appreciate you being on here, but before we end, I'd love to do some rapid fire. So are you ready? I'm never ready for rapid fire, but yes, I'm ready. Okay. So it doesn't have to be the first word. It can be like the first phrase and so there's no buzzers. So you're totally fine. It makes me sweat. I deodorant. I'm like, this makes me sweat. Okay. We're good. Okay. So what's your favorite part of your business? Okay. So, um, I love collaborating and mentoring team members and building a team, which is something I never thought I would say a couple of years ago. People change. I love that. Okay. So what is your favorite software tool that you can't live without? It's so boring, but it's like Typeform Calendly. It's just those two. They're not invented like anything different, but I use them all the time. That's so funny. Okay. What is the best conference virtual or live you've ever been to? It's cheating, but I'm going to say my own for the copywriter club. I we thought post- you had one and I was like, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> TCC, we call it the copywriter club in real life. We posted three, two in New York and one in San Diego this past March before everything shut down. And we love it. It's awesome. Love it. Okay. So tell me what's the best piece of advice you've ever received business advice. Um, I mean, I want to go back to Eleanor Roosevelt, like the whole do the thing that scares you the most has been really inspirational. Then I'm going to just add another one. I read in some book that I do not remember, but the quote was more about people will love you for your weaknesses, not your strengths. And that really resonated with me um, because it is okay to talk about your weaknesses and to be real and even to talk about vices and the parts of yourself that you're not as excited or happy about. And that's actually what can bond people when it's done well. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much. Tell my listeners where they can connect with you and just learn more about what you do. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. This was really fun. And if you want to learn more about my copywriting services, you can find me at kirahug.com. And if you are interested, if you're a copywriter, a writer, you can learn more about building a copywriting business at thecopywriterclub.com. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Y'all, how good was that? Please go connect with Kira because she laid it down for us. I love how we sat in our living room and we pulled out our voice. We pulled out our words and I've personally seen what a difference it can make in your proposals and your website when you add that personality. And just remember, I thought I was boring too, but we are not boring. We are all special. We are all unique. And you need to let your potential clients see that through your full onboarding experience. So please go tell Kira your biggest takeaways and let me know how you're going to create your brand personality and where you're going to infuse it first. And until next week, go out, serve your clients, scale your business, and soar into that six-figure year you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time. 